every job you do on a farm is mundane as shit. And when I say shit, I mean shit because one of those jobs is shoveling a lot of shit. Go dummy, go beast, oh no. I go beast, go deep, I OG, oh no. What's up? It's your man B Holmes back with another episode of Doors to Success, where I, your host, B Holmes, teach you and lay out the B print which is me teaching you how to knock, open, and conquer the different doors to success in your life. And today we're going to go off topic a little bit. Uh, Team had some other projects, and so instead of keeping with our cadence, I said, you know what, I got something I want to talk about. So today I have been kind of following up on some of the other cells chatter and banter in the space. And um, you know what's interesting? You You can always tell... When someone has got real life experience with something, right? You can always just feel it. It just feels a little differently. You can feel that they're just either talking from their experience or they're talking from someone else's, right? It's it's the that someone has empathy or sympathy. Someone's just saying, I'm sorry, or something like, man, I really understand how you feel. There's a big difference. And as I'm hearing some of these gurus speak. Um, you can absolutely tell when, when they talk about what I want to talk about today, you can tell that they have never been on a farm. (laughs) So the topic today is I want to talk about the laws of the farm, the laws of the farm. Now, everyone tries to use the laws of the farm and put them in connection with business and laws of work and laws of averages. And you know what? It actually applies. But you know what doesn't apply is someone who's never lived on a farm and someone who doesn't know the analogy fully and what it actually means because they never lived it. And the first thing you learn on a farm when you're doing farm work is that there's a lot of time to think about these things. (laughs) If you've ever worked on a farm, you're laughing right now because every job you do on a farm is mundane as shit. And when I say shit, I mean shit because one of those jobs is shoveling a lot of shit. And so for for me, listening to these guys is comical, but I appreciate what they're trying to do. So I want to give you my take on the laws of the farm. So first thing, in honor of the laws of the farm, I wore this shirt today. Shout out to my little brother, Chris. My brother, Chris, is a little younger than me, a little taller than me, a little smarter than me. A lot more handsome than me. So that's kind of the joke. He's a little 2.0. He's two and a half years younger than me, and we kind of grew up together. We kind of grew up in the same household. My family was kind of segregated into three different age groups. Me and Chris were two and a half years apart. And then eight years later, we had our brother Chad. And eight years after that, we had our two younger brothers that were also a year apart. So there was kind of three groups of families, and I was 18 when my youngest brother was born. So there's a big gap there. And the household that me and Chris were raised in was a little different. We were about the only brothers that were kind of raised on and under this law of the farm concept and mentality because we actually lived on a farm. But we were raised that way. Our dad was working a lot. Our dad was out hustling and, and very, very busy, running multi-million dollar businesses and very successful and then lost it and then gained it and lost it again and gained it back. And so me and Chris kind of grew up in this entrepreneurial home and state and always hustling. And it was, it was feast or famine, which is a law of the farm. And so um, when it was good, it was really good. When we reaped, we reaped. And when we sowed, we sowed. 
And when we planted, we planted, and we waited and prayed for the rain. We literally waited and prayed for rain. So you have to have known what that was like to speak on this. Um, my other brothers, you know, my dad had sold his business when my brother Chad was kind of growing up, so he kind of got my dad full attention all the time, and that was kind of interesting to watch. And then my younger two brothers got my dad in grandpa mode because I had had kids by that point, and Chris had had kids, so my younger two brothers are only like a couple years older than my kids. And so there's those gaps there that provide a very interesting, you know, science project, if you want to look at it that way. But, um, again, back to the shout-out to my brother Chris. So Chris is such a very interesting individual. We're a lot alike. Uh, like I said, he looks like me, um, taller than me. But he's definitely got this brain like a machine. He's very black or white. He's, he's, he's the COO of one of our businesses we run together um, and just super intelligent. Um, but this company here is called Equine Trader. And what the Equine Trader does, it's kind of like um, Auto Trader for horses. Growing up on a farm, what we've learned is, is buying and selling horses is very difficult. And there's no one out there with the tech savvy or the ability to sell horses worldwide. And so my brother solved this problem with this company called Equine Trader. So shout out to my bro, sweet company. I help with the logo. That's kind of my specialty. But um, so that's about it. But he um, was able to solve this problem because of the problems that we learned on the farm. And, you know, we, we always didn't live on a farm. We moved there when I was a sophomore in high school. And so the working years of my life, when my dad needed me and Chris the most, we were in our working years and we worked a lot, right? So from pulling rocks out of the rivers to rerouting rivers, you know, making um, all sorts of uh, riverways and dams and calderas. And we would also, um, you know, pour concrete and build foundations and build different dikes and dams and waterways then we would plant and flood irrigate our farmlands and we would grow alfalfa and hay for the horses we would have we had a hundred head of horses at some point in time my dad and my brother rode uh, these quarter horses professionally my dad got into the breeding so uh, there was times where we moved people's cows for them um, we've done everything from you know from moving cows to branding cows to castrating cows We've also done everything from horse riding, from training to boarding to breeding to artificial inseminating to anything that you can think of on a farm, we've done it. Everything that you can not think of and you don't want to think about a farm, we did that too. <laughs> and the thing that you think about on the farm is everything because you have a lot of time to think while you're on the farm, right? So some of these laws that we're speaking of you have got to have lived on the farm to, to talk about. And so these laws of the farm are, are, I'm going to talk about a few today, are the law of attraction, the law of reciprocity, the law of the harvest, and the law of averages. These are all things you learn from actually working on the farm. These are all the laws of the farm. So some of these are funny, and some of these my dad taught us with some good one-liners, you know, and... uh and I'll leave it at that for comedy's sake. But some are really, really valuable, okay? But again, the most valuable thing you learn about on a farm is, is, is the law of repetition. You will do something over and over and over again until you just don't know you're doing it anymore. I remember waking up at 4 a.m. all summer long and moving pipe. If you've ever moved pipe and you don't know what, you know, waders are and you know what it feels like to have leeches in between your second and third toe, and knowing that a leech is there, but you're still three miles out in the middle of some flood irrigated 
fill the valve valve, and you've got a twist, pop, pull, slosh, 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 pop, push, twist, walk, 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 twist, pop. I mean, if you don't know, if you don't know what that means, you've not lived on a farm. If you don't know what it means to have waders, but you're still walking in two inches of water, so you know not to wear socks because when you get home at 9 a.m. after being up from four, you want to get back in bed before you got to go out there and then shovel shit. Like, if you don't know that feeling, you don't know the law of the farm. So the law of repetition is so valuable where you have a lot of time to think about what you want in life and what you're doing and why it's applicable. And the most important goal out of all of this, my dad finally let me in on right before I left the house when I was 18. And I'm going to wait to the end to share that with you because that, I think, is the most important. My dad nailed it. My dad nailed the reason we were living on this ranch. And it, and I'll share that with you at the end. But so the law of attraction, my dad would say, Hey, uh, you know what happens when you stick a stallion in the field with that mare, with the brood mare, you know what happens? (laughs) What happens Dad? That's how babies are made. (laughs) You get, you get a stud close enough to a mare and nature takes its course. So when we would go to parties, my dad would always say, hey, you know what happens when you put a stallion in the field with the, with the mare? He's like, don't get in the field with the mare. <laughs> so he'd always have these, these awesome one-liners like that. Um, and it's true. It's true. I can't tell you how many times I've watched stallions in fields with mares doing their thing, right, all the time. And it's so fascinating to watch these animals because when we got into breeding these horses and they had, my dad had some, you know, high prized stallions that we would have to do. And, you know, we would do these, these big dirt mounds and we put this pheromone on it and the horse would mount the dirt. And, you know, then you'd, the horse would do its thing on the dirt mound, you'd grab it. And then you'd have this vial of semen and you could sell it for, you know, 5,000 all up to 55,000. It was crazy. And, um, it's just such, you learn so much about males and females and how animalistic males are when it comes to having testosterone and what that means to the, the, the feelings of domination at all costs, no matter what, and, and watching how these things were handled. So very interesting with business and, and lot, watching the law of attraction. So I think the other thing about the law of attraction that I found interesting is, you know, people always talk about it being the law of hard work. And I don't know about, you know, people talking about attraction and love hard work being the same. If you've heard that, that's kind of going out there right now. That's coming from someone who's never lived on the farm because there is a lot of hard work. And that is you go work hard and what you put your mind to and your effort to will expand. And then there's a lot of attraction where, you know, you can go put your mind to something and because you put your thoughts on it, it will actually attract it to you. And that's a different type of law because no matter how many times I sat in my bed at 4 a.m. and just, had the law of attraction working and wanting those pipe to move themselves. That was actually not the law of attraction. That was the law of inattraction and not law of attraction or law of hard work. Law of hard work stated, I got to go work hard and make it happen no matter what. Right? So when you're learning about these, the law of attraction is important that you have to just position, you have to position yourself And you have to make sure that you are in the right realm, like you have the tools necessary you need to succeed, and that you then go work hard, 
right? Working hard is a part of the law of attraction. It's not a separate law. It is a part of it, and you've got to go execute. Then the law of attraction comes under you as you get moving. My dad always said, turn over every rock. Don't, don't leave any stone unturned. So you go look at every rock, and you go cut every blade of grass. You go pull up every stone, and that's how the law of attraction works in your life is by busting your butt. That's when attraction kicks in if you go put yourself in the right places. He always said, Lady Luck always finds those who avidly seek her. And it wasn't until years later I actually read the book that he got that from, which is, you know, um, Richest Man in Babylon, which is a great book. I advise everyone to read it. But that was really well put, that Lady Luck is interested in finding those who avidly seek her. And there is no such thing as luck or attraction if you actually go work. Um, the other part of this is that um, James Allen's book, As a Man Thinketh, is probably my favorite book of all time. And James Allen's book states that you attract not what you think about, pray for, or desire, but you attract to yourself that which you are. You attract that which you think about or want. It's really, you know, only half of it because then you have to have what we call, you know, the law of reciprocity, which states that if you are going to do something for somebody else, they'll do it back for you. If you put something out in the universe, they'll come back. And on the farm is where you learn how these laws work together, how, how reciprocity works with attraction, with hard work, and you learn that it's not separate things, but it all coincides. And while this is all happening, and while you're moving pipe or cutting hay or driving the tractor, and I've got some funny stories. One time, you know, we had to, uh, my dad bought some land, and he thought that it was wet or that it was dry lands, and as we were building a barn, the Army Corps engineers came out and shut the whole thing down. And my dad refused to believe that it was wetlands. And he had this theory that the, the property had just been flood irrigated for years and years. And he bought the land at like $5,000 an acre. Well, as they shut it down for being wetlands, and if you don't know what wetlands are, then you don't never know anything about Law of the Farm anyway, so don't talk about it. But he had us go, had me go out an hour and a half away town. We bought a backhoe and I drove the backhoe as a 14 year old boy. I drove the backhoe from Tooele, Utah, all the way to Heber city. Now, if you know anything about the, the terrain of Utah, you have to go up Parley's Canyon. And if you can imagine as a 14 year old boy driving a backhoe up and down Parley's Canyon, that's like, I mean, it's the Rockies. It's Rocky. Like it's insane to think that I was doing, <laughs> I did that. And I had my Kenny Chesney blasting, and I went through two bags of sunflower seeds. I was having a ball. But that was a long four-hour drive. But we got the back of the land, and what we did was we, we, we drug these trenches, and then we drug two trenches that went all the way across the top and the bottom, and then three that went east and west. And what happened was we routed the water, and we captured all this water, and we rerouted it. And then come to find out, with his law of attraction and extreme hard work, my hard work, everyone's hard work, it actually was dry. He made the land dry. And you know what happened? The value of the property went from $5,000 an acre to $65,000 an acre overnight. My dad became a local Northfield celebrity because every farmer in the Northfields immediately increased his value by 60x. It was crazy, right? And that was like, whoa, anything my dad did was gold or... Did he believe in himself and this hard work and that anything I do with my hard work 
I can attract what I want because if I work hard enough and I put it out there enough, it'll come back to me through the law of reciprocity, through the law of attraction, and the law of hard work. Which brings me to my next law, which is the law of averages, okay? Which states that if you do something enough times, eventually in that subset, you will get the desired outcome. This is used in gambling a lot, but it's also used in sales calls. So if I always tell my guys, hey, if you go knock 10 doors, out of those 10 people, one will be interested. And without fail, what will happen is, is that you get to door 10 and you knock and have that 10th conversation and they're not interested. Well, did the law of uh, averages work or not? Well, what it states is that you have to keep working through the averages, and that may not be your subset. You don't control the subset in the law of averages, and that's the secret. You wouldn't know that if you didn't grow up on a farm. You, there's no way you could even know what that meant. You wouldn't know. Now, if you had 100 acres to go move pipe through, or you had a lot of horses you had to get through their stalls, you don't know about subsets, real subsets, real subsets. You don't know about moving river rock out of a river to go build a wall. Like there's always, and I don't know how the rocks do it, but the rocks reproduce in the rivers. It's crazy. I'm convinced or there's trolls or something's going on because we went and pulled every rock out of that river and then we could continually pull rocks out of that river forever. It was nuts. But until you have tried that and you know that there will never be enough, that there is always another subset, that there is always another pile of crap to to shuck. There's always another shawl to sh- stall to shuck. There's always another river rock to pull. There's always another weed to get. There's always another acre to mow. There's always another bell to, or hay bell to throw. There's always another pipe to move. There's always something else you have to do on the farm. And that's in life. Life never stops. It won't stop. There's always something else you have to do. And so if you think that I got to knock 10 doors or go through these 20 leads on these phones and I'm done because that's my subset, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not the law of the farm. The law of the farm states you work until you get your one, and then you look back and do your subset, and the numbers will be right. Example, 10. I remember I was out in Beaumont, Texas, 2011. This guy calls me and says, hey, I hit my 10 people. I didn't sell one. Your, your little training stupid. Okay, so I drove out to him. We went and we knocked another 10 doors, nobody. We knocked, or 10 conversations, nobody, because I'm not counting doors. Conversations. Now, another 10 conversations, and on that 30th one, it was 10.30 at night. We got a party was going on, and there was three sisters there, and we sold all three sisters. So sure enough, at the end of the day, after we, we, lurked, we worked long and hard enough, that subset proved that out of those 10 people, we sold three. Riddle me that. You won't unless you're the farmer. You won't unless you're the rancher, and you know there's always going to be another calf. You always put a stud in the field with the mare. There's always going to be another baby that you got to go cut, brand, push, move, haul, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> so that's a, fun, that's a fun topic. And the last one that, um, that I want to talk about here is the law of the harvest, okay? So we've talked about the law of hard work, the law of averages, the law of reciprocity, and the law of attraction and how those all work together. But now I want to talk to you about the law of the harvest, and then there's one more law. And the law of the harvest states that you always have to put the hard work in. And if you do, you'll always get the results, right? So basically, if you go out and you have to, you know, till the land and dig the rocks up and you got to prep the ground and then you've got to 
plow it and you got to seed it and then you got to dung it and then you got to go weed it and then you got to do all the things for it and then you have to wait and pray and pray for the rain and you won't ever find an atheist farmer you take that to the bank you tell me you riddle me why that's so true why won't you ever find an atheist farmer i'll tell you why because the law of the harvest states that after you put in all the work that you can do when you can do no more work and you can just pray for rain guess what happens the rain always comes it always comes And it'll rain on those that deserve it, and it'll rain on those that didn't deserve it. But guess what? If you put the work in, it'll always rain on you. And my dad was always good to teach us that no matter what, if you were praying for rain or if he wasn't praying for rain, if you're the one that put the work in, that rain will come just when you need it. And you know what? It always did. And that's such a law of life that if you just go work the law of the harvest, it'll always be there when you need it. If you put your head down and you go work hard enough and you go do the law of attraction, Law of hard work, law of reciprocity. You put it all out there with the law of averages, law of the harvest states, it'll be there. It'll be there when you need it. The last thing you can't do is you can't cram on the farm. There's no cramming. I learned that the hard way. That you can't go the last minute and think you can plant, plant your field and at the very last day and go harvest it the very next day. No, it takes time. It's a process. Everything's a process. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Life is a process. It's all a process. You've got to learn one thing, and you've got to do one field, or you can't do the next. Um, along with the law of the harvest um, comes this last one I want to talk about, and it's, it's the law of diminishing returns. Now, what the law of diminishing returns states is that if I go put out enough work in one thing, that I can get the same amount of return, ROR, on that effort. Now, it may be the same on the second time, I'll get the same effort. And maybe the third time, but on the fourth time, if I put out more effort, it doesn't matter how much more effort I exude, my return starts to diminish. The law of diminishing returns. So at some point, you can get no more returns out of that thing. And that was true in everything. Here's a great example was cutting the hay. So when we'd go cut the hay, we'd cut it one direction. And you'd pick up a lot of the hay, 80% of it. Well, we'd use the same amount of effort and drive it the other way on the field, but we'd only go get 10 more percent of the hay. Well, then we'd drive it crossways through the field and go get another 5%. And then we could drive it one more way. And every time we drove it a specific way, guess what? We burned gas. We used hours on the machine. Everything was working and, and being used, and we were working just as hard. Or mowing the lawn. Think about mowing the lawn. You can go over the, let me use something you, you know if you're domesticated. You go push the lawnmower once across the grass, it cuts it, good. You go do it again with the same effort, same space, you'll cut it and it will be good. But that third time, you're going to diminish your returns and it's not going to give you back what you put into it. And you could go push and run and even push harder and it, you will return less than what you did no matter how much work you observe or you exuded, Right. Well, that kind of, kind of like spits in the face of all the other laws that we learned. So what you learn is, is that in, in almost everything, you know when to stop. You know when to, you, you aren't going to get your ROI or your ROR back on things. Except one thing. There's one thing that my dad taught me, and this is where I end this, that you will always get a better ROR and that 
the law of diminishing returns doesn't apply. And when we were out there moving rocks or moving hay or cutting or whatever, shoveling, shucking shawls, my dad would come out. And at the end of it all, I remember being there in the stall with my dad and I looked at my dad and we were sweating and he looked at me and I go, you know, you don't got to be here, dad. I'm, I'm already, I'm good. I got a couple more stalls. We're good. Head on in. And he says, son, do you think I'm out here for the rocks? You think I'm out here for the weeds? You think I'm out here for the manure? No, I'm out here for you. It was never about the weeds. It was never about the rocks. It's about you. Certain things in life will always continue to give you a better return. And that thing is people. That if you invest more time in people, that you will always get a bigger return back than what you invested. And I learned that from the farm. That if my dad spent more time with me, it was always a better investment. And that will always, always pay itself back. And sometimes when in life you're raising kids and you're making those investments, you find that your kids rebel or they don't do what you want or whatever, and you feel like that investment was in vain. But if you planted the seeds right, and then the law of the harvest comes in place, and then the law of attraction happens and you stay the course, well, in time what happens is that kid, myself, I come back to the farm, and I take the workload off my, shoulder, my dad's shoulders, and my kids come and they help. Because the investments he made brought me back. And that's the law of increasing returns. And you'll always get that with your people, with your employees, with your kids, with your wife, with your family. So as I close this, don't, go, don't be there about the job. You're not there for the job. You're not there for the paperwork. You're not there for the weeds. You're not there for the sales. You're not there for the leadership. You're not there for anything other than you're there for the people. I was never here. It was never about the weeds. It was never about the rocks. It was about you. Because people is where you're going to get your, higher, your highest ROI and your ROR and love. Love is something that is unexplainable because that magnifies your ROI. And that defies all the laws that you learn anywhere. But you also learn that on the farm too. Because when you go home and mom's got breakfast made, that's something else. So hopefully that was helpful from a kid on a farm now to big business, doing big things. But hey, you always go back to the, the roots and catching frogs and fishing in the whole water holes and all sorts of fun stuff. But hopefully that was helpful today, guys. The laws of the farm coming at you. You're never there. It's never about the, the weeds. Thank you for listening to the Doors to Success podcast. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe for more. Visit beholmes.life for more information on how you can join the Bee Print.